Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rico Mohammed, and this is the show Rates and Lanes. As fate would have it, um, <laughs> live radio and all, getting ready to try to make a delivery. So it may be a little extra noise going on in the background. I was hoping to have a little pinch-hitting help tonight uh, from one of our resident mentors, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to make it in. Uh, so we're just going to have to deal with it the best way we know how. Let's see here. I wanted to get right into got a couple of things that I wanted to uh, pass on to you guys here in just a few seconds. But I want to start out, as we normally always do, with the USDA truck rate report. Uh, USDA we are showing a couple of areas that have a shortage of trucks. Those areas are Big Lake in central Minnesota, and I have a special story that I wanted to pass on to everyone that's in that area of Big Lake in central Minnesota. Um, I, I had a story that I ran across about some uh, the red potatoes that are coming out of that area. There seems to be a major opportunity if you happen to be in that area, based out of that area, seems to be a major opportunity to be had if you are in position to take advantage of it. And the next area that is showing a shortage of trucks is eastern North Carolina. Eastern North Carolina shows a shortage of trucks. And the third area that is showing shortage of trucks is New York. New York has a shortage of trucks. And the last, the fourth and final area that is showing an outright shortage of trucks is central Wisconsin. Those four areas are some areas that you, um, there are some opportunities to be had, opportunities to take advantage of, especially on the spot market. But uh, in, in the case of one, one um, area, the Big Lake in central Minnesota area, there's a story that I ran across about the potatoes that are coming out of that area it may be even an opportunity for you, to, if you are in that area, to uh, develop a relationship with some of those shippers up there to put yourself in a position because it, it seems as if they are in a little bit of a quagmire and a conundrum with being able to get uh, adequate trucks in those areas to supply the needs that they have of uh, what they have going on up there. Although it may be a little bit seasonal, but if you can get in there and if you got bigger aspirations, it may be um, it may be something that can be uh, very lucrative for you and your operation. Other areas that are showing a slight shortage, slight shortage of trucks, is Upper Valley, Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho, Michigan, Columbia Basin, Washington. Those areas are all showing slight shortages of trucks. So you 
there are potential in seven different areas across the country where there's a potential to be had to uh, really make a little bit of, put a little hay in the bar, so to speak. Everywhere else, according to the USDA report, when it comes to fruits and vegetables, everywhere else in the country seems to be at an adequate supply of trucks. So um, there's not a whole lot going on there and other areas of the country. Of course, we um, have a copy of the USDA report up on our Facebook page, Rates and Lanes, uh, with Rico Muhammad. We have a copy of it up on the Facebook page for your viewing pleasure. So you can go over there and take your time and look through it and peel through it uh, as, much as, you, uh, as much as you would like to. Moving right along, we're going to jump over. As a matter of fact, I want to go to that story that I was telling you guys about. Uh, the potato shippers are scrambling for trucks in central Minnesota. That's the headline on this particular um, story. The central Michigan potato season kicks off. The upper Midwest potato season each year and demand for trucks has been stronger this year. The season started on July 24th with red potatoes out of Big Lake, Minnesota, as well as Long Perry, Minnesota, although in most years Long Perry gets underway uh, a week to 10 days later. The two areas only have five or six major shippers, but they will load 4,000 to 4,100 trucks in roughly a six-week period. The season starts winding down after Labor Day. Central Minnesota russet shipments just started late last week. So that's what I was saying about there are some opportunities to be had there for someone that happened, that may happen to be in those particular areas. Um, hmm, that's interesting. going to move on over and jump into the uh, USDA, I mean, excuse me, the uh, DAT trend lines report. You ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. You have to bear with me for just a few seconds here. I got a situation where I'm trying to deliver a load and uh, do the show at the same time we uh, ran into a little bit of a scheduling conflict. I didn't want to not do the show, but uh, sometimes uh, it looks real. It gets a little it gets a little hectic when we're trying to do the show live, and we have a lot going on. So I do apologize for that. I wish I had uh, some way to pre-record the shows, but sometimes a lot of this information that I'm trying to bring to you guys and share with you guys that doesn't come out until later in the day, and I don't have an opportunity to uh, get a chance to sit down to actually record a show. Um, so that's where we end up sometimes uh, struggling to, to try to pull off a lot of the stuff that we're trying to do at the same time. So if you guys just bear with me for a few seconds, and we're going to try to... Uh, get this uh, truck back in and, and uh, get this shipment off 
But the other thing about that is it's 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 kind of a caveat, two things in one. Uh, I don't like it because I'm not, I'm not able to give you guys the attention that I'm trying to give you and, and, and give you get the information over to you that I'm trying to get to you. But the other thing about it is is that um, at least you understand and know that this is someone that's actually out here in the trenches doing this in reality with you guys. It's just not someone just spouting off something that, um, you know, they're not actually out here and not actually uh, getting their hands dirty, so to speak, in and, and, and real-world situations to actually understand what it is that we actually go through out here on the road and what we have to go through uh, with dealing with shippers and dealing with the receivers. So I guess it's, it's a it's – a, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But I, you know, I, I would just much rather if I had the availability to uh, just kind of be sitting in the in the house, sitting at the uh, sitting behind a, a screen without any interruptions. You know, things could probably go a lot smoother, be a lot more professional. But hey, this is the way we've been doing it for a while now. So uh, that's not to say that we're not trying to make ways for improvement, but. It is what it is at this point. I appreciate your patience. And we're going to get this thing back in, and we're going to get right back to the meat of the matter. I was looking for scanning our list to see if uh, see if our guests had made it on board to maybe hold you guys over till I got back. And I don't think Chuck was able to make it in. Chuck was trying to get in to uh, come on board with us again tonight, but I'm not sure if he was able to get himself freed up himself. So let's do this. Before I run in, let's finish up this uh, DAT report. How about that? Uh, Harvey disrupts supply chains, causing capacity shortfalls. In the first full week since Hurricane Harvey, truckers rushed to help with the emergency relief supply chains, faced massive disruption and ripple effects led to capacity shortfalls in multiple freight markets throughout the country. Van rates soared an average of 12 cents per mile nationwide as a result, while reefer rates rose 3 cents per mile and flatbeds added 2 cents. Also, on the rise are diesel prices, which increased an average of 15 cents per gallon, National, um, excuse me, increased an average of 15 cents per gallon nationally due to the closure of many Houston area refineries. The char- uh, uh, so that gives you an idea of how uh, Harvey has been affecting everything on the spot market. Let's jump over really quickly and see how dry vans were performing over this time period. In the first full week after That's not what we want. There we go. National van load postings increased by 4%, and the truck postings declined by 5% compared to the previous week to yield a 9% increase in the load-to-truck ratio from 5.2 up to 5.6 loads per truck nationally. The national average van rate jumped 12 cents higher in the first full week following Hurricane Harvey. Taking a look back historically, van load postings were up 11% from July to August, while truck posts were also rose 12% from 
as a result of the August load-to-truck ratio matched July's average of a 5.2 van loads per truck. The ratio was up 89% compared to August of 2016. Uh, the average price of diesel was up by 5.4% nationally to a national average of $2.76 per gallon. Taking a look at the rates for dry vans, in the first full week after Hurricane Harvey, made landfall, the national average van rate jumped 12 cents to $1.90 per mile. Rates surged into and out of the Houston and Dallas markets, of course. Harvey-related supply chain disruptions led to capacity shortages that also boost rates in major van markets throughout the U.S. as the storm indirect effects reached Atlanta, Chicago, Denver, Los Angeles, and, and other major markets. Historically, the national average van rate for August increased one cent to $1.79 per mile. Compared to July, the rate was 18 cents higher than the average in August of 2016. Ah, I see our good friend has made it on board. Let's grab him real quickly, and that gives me an opportunity to maybe go do what I need to go handle really quickly. Chuck. Hey, Rico. Hey, I, I appreciate you making it in, my friend. I'm 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 scrambling over here. I'm uh, at a uh, Walmart distribution center trying to make a delivery. They 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 kind of moved my time back a little bit, so it kind of messed up a little guy. bit of what I was trying. To <laughs> 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 what I was trying to do, but I'm glad you made it up and on board, so we so that our listeners will have someone to kind of uh, uh, pinch hit for me for about 15 minutes while I go running here and take the bills and everything. So uh, and and I'll come back and pick things up. But if you uh, if you got some stuff you wanna you wanna definitely share with everybody, uh, it gives you an opportunity to get that in. Callers, if you got questions, it's gonna take me about 15 minutes to go run and do what I need to do. But if you got questions, you go ahead and press number one. That lets the screener know that you got a question or something that you wanna add to the show, and we'll get to you as soon as I get back in. With that being said, Chuck, you got about 15 minutes worth of material. Uh, I think, you know, I think between all the listeners out there that probably have a million questions, um, I'm sure we can handle it. So uh, you go ahead, Rico, and you go fight with the folks at Walmart, and I wish you all the luck in the world. Well, it won't take, sure, hopefully it won't take me but about 15 minutes. We're going to try to make it quick and painless. You're about to God's ear. <laughs> okay, I'll be right back. Okay. Well, now that I have everybody to myself, uh, this is a great opportunity. I got to meet a whole bunch of you down in Dallas at the GAT show we were exhibiting there. And as you people know that I met down there, we've opened up a new office in Dallas. Um, things are rocking. We're in the uh, suburb of Plano. Lots happened in Dallas. It was a, a really good show. Met a lot of people. One of the things that I noticed about the the trucking environment in Texas is the, the focus of the truckers. It was refreshing. I got to tell you, I met very few people that ran trucking companies that were from one to 10 trucks. And when I spoke to them and asked them what they did, 
very few of them said we run 48 states. Everybody that I met, and this is about the vast majority, and you know, probably 95% or 90% of the people that we met at that show that we met, when we asked what they did, they were all saying that they focused on five states or three states or um, or a certain area. There were some that focused on certain commodities. There was a lot of people obviously involved in uh, oil and gas, a lot of people involved in hauling rock, but we met very few unfocused carriers, and it was nice, and there was a lot of success because of that. Uh, the show was fantastic. Great turnout. I think the turnout probably would have even been better had it not been for Hurricane Harvey because people that were from the Houston area, I think those days, the last thing they were thinking about was attending a truck show uh, up in Dallas. I think they had to stay close to home and deal with all of the hell on earth at, at their front door. But it was certainly a uh, it was certainly a great show. And uh, what a great bunch of people I got to meet there. And if any of you are on the line and want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. So lots happening out there this week, especially with Hurricane Harvey and this on, uh, upcoming Hurricane Irma uh, about to hit Florida. Uh, puts things into a different perspective. And we're watching freight rates increase, not for good reasons, but because of the uh, just the uncertainty out there and fuel is going up as a result so if you can uh, if you can afford it buy some fuel cheers in fuel uh, probably not a bad idea right now if you can there's all sorts of changes because of this storm and uh, who knows what's going to happen and who knows where it's going to go but you know in the trucking industry we're prepared for it and any of our listeners sure. that are out there yes all right, I just wanted to jump back in really quickly. I wanted to check before I ran inside. I see we do got a couple of people with some questions, so I'm going to get somebody up and on board with you so you ain't so lonely up there. Let's, I'm going to grab Steve. Steve, you're up and on board with Chuck, and I'll be back again. <laughs> it's live show. Hey, I, I appreciate you taking my call, Chuck and uh, Rico. Uh, uh, Chuck, a couple of questions. Well, there's a couple of questions I wanted to uh uh, run over with you tonight, too. I'm um, as of today. I made my down payment on my insurance to get my authority active, and okay. and I I admire you so much, and and I uh, you know really appreciate you so much. I, I'm looking to work with your uh, firm and in, in your company uh, once I get the authority Thank active. You. Yes, sir. And uh, and I was just hearing you say that you just opened up a. Uh, uh, office out of Dallas, you know. Yes, I'm sir. From the, uh, uh, we I'm, opened up in Plano, Texas, uh, a couple of weeks ago, right at the Monday after Gats. Okay, well, great. Well, I'm um, uh, I, I'm domiciled out of the southeast region region from Georgia, and uh, and again, I, I am looking forward to working, you know, with you guys and 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 um, you know, and and build a relationship with with you guys. You know, in the process, and I was just asking, was there any restriction on a brand new authority that that your company have? Um, no, we'll, you know what? Um, we will work with you, and especially when you call in and say uh, we spoke on the show, uh, gives you a little bit more credibility as well. You're not just right off the street. Um, mm -hmm. What sort of trailer are you planning on pulling? 
Uh, fifth and three drive, drive, uh, drive in. Good, good. Um, you know what? You're getting in at the right time. Uh, and what are you getting for a truck? Well, I already have my truck in the, and my trailer's paid for. So, um, oh, I you're in a really good position. Oh, that's great. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you're going to uh, now, do you have any customers of your own or that you're going with no, or no, um, um, I uh, you know because I'm fairly new at at this uh you know because I'm fairly new uh you know I listen to the podcast and and I'm listening to uh, Kevin Rutherford and you know and doing my numbers and all um, I do want to work with directly with shippers but for the time being just getting started I want to build a relationship uh, you know with with guys like you and um and starting work you know and work work that angle and you know and if things get good. Uh, you know, I just stay with you guys and, you know, and, and just run. Well, you have a much better chance of success if you, you know, if you're going to work in an area, let's say, from uh, Georgia to Texas. Is that what you were thinking of, or what were you thinking of for a um, for a region in which to serve? Yeah, um, uh, Texas, back over this way, up into the Chicago area, and, you know, places. Okay, well, like now that. you're getting Not really, enough. really uh, big. You're covering half the country. you got one truck. Um, so let's tone this down if you want to be successful, okay? Let's take a page out of those guys in Texas notebook. Uh, 95% of those people that I met, they didn't off, they worked one region. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see you do the same thing, if you can. I got you. Uh, because well, then people well, are going to start calling you in order to, um, people will call you in order to book your truck because they know you can handle a certain region. Yes, sir. Yes. And if you're going from, um, you know, if you're going from Georgia to Dallas, then up to Chicago, you, you've lost your flavor. You know, it's like the, it's the difference between the, the place that just sells hamburgers and becomes very famous for hamburgers and the place that sells 8,000 different things. Mm-hmm. When you feel like a hamburger, you're going to the place for hamburgers. I got you. Be so famous for something. So, so I guess um, you know, I um, I was uh, least a land star, and and I did my best run whenever I did mostly um, under I forty and um, that Louisiana is about the furthest that I would go west and. And North Carolina, like Charlotte area, would be about the furthest that I go east, you know. And and I did good work in that area, so I, I'm kind of thinking that I, um, since since you mentioned it that way, I may continue to still run run those lanes. I think that's a great idea. I think that um, you know, if you that that's a big enough playground. I don't think you need any bigger uh, because if you go any bigger, you're just going to lose um, you're going to lose your edge. And your edge is your is the lane in which you serve, and and the best thing you can possibly do. And I and I see this here all the time when I'm talking to carriers, and whether they're big or small. Now you have a big carrier, you know the Celadons of the world. Well, of course they they go 48 states and 10 provinces. They're a little bit different, but for right. smaller carriers, the ones that are are virtually known because they service New England from um, from Georgia, or they service 
the Carolinas, you know, uh, from Georgia. They service Carolinas to New Jersey, whatever it is, especially when you're starting out. That mm-hmm. is imperative if you want to build success. And the smaller, the, the shorter the run, the more success you're going to have. I got you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A whole bunch of things happen when you have these short runs. Number one, what you really want to do is be within that three to 600 miles from the house. Mm-hmm. That's probably the, the best way you can do it. Um, if you can do that, and then you also, at the same time, you become very familiar with where you're going to stop. And then your customers, whether they're direct customers or they're load brokers, know mm-hmm. that Steve is in Atlanta Monday's loading. Mm-hmm. We know a guy that runs Atlanta on, you know, he loads Monday in Atlanta and he delivers every Wednesday in Dallas. Yes, sir. And you know, you can do partial loads too. I don't know if you ever thought of that. Yeah, um, um, I have thought about that and I have put a couple of uh, LTL loads uh, together with Landstar. So I am sort of, sort of familiar with that. You know, there's not enough guys doing that in in the you know in the small operations game and i can tell you we have done it here um and we've been very successful at it and i have guys that come in here small carriers that have you know one to five trucks that do very well with those uh and let's not get confused out there when steve and i are talking about ltl we're not talking about a one skid 200 pound weight shipment because you'll right. go broke putting those on a trailer. Right. You've got to have, um, you know, you've got to have at least about 5,000 pounds to make it worth your while minimum, uh, which is two to four skid minimum. And really, you should be able to, if you're smart with a dry van, put five to six quarters on a truck. Mm-hmm. Because you can pack and stack a little bit. You can use uh, logistics bars. You can use plywood. You can use straps. And those things will make you nothing but money. Have you considered yes, doing that? Yeah, I have thought I have thought about that, and that have ran across my mind. Um, and uh, what I would do is, and it's a little bit slower to start, but if you do this, mark my words, in a year, I bet you if you call this show, you'll have made a lot more money. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if you can do, um, rather than run across the country, if you could spend a day or day and a half in Atlanta, you're based out of Atlanta, I presume? Yes, sir. Okay. So if you could spend a day, like every uh, one day a week in Atlanta putting together a load, and one day a week in um, in Dallas delivering a load, and a load uh, one day a week uh, picking up in Dallas, how would that look? Could you do it? I believe I could do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's your. Uh, there's a great business plan for you. Okay. And then what's going to happen is your customers on both ends will know Steve's the guy for partial loads, and mm-hmm. whether it's you'll get some direct freight eventually because word's going to get out. Um, you'll have load brokers that'll be climbing all over it because they want an alternative. And a lot of times the 
the big guys, the XBO and the uh, YRCs of the world, they don't want those larger uh, partial loads. They don't want right. the 24 feet. That totally yeah. submarines their business model. Yeah. yeah. But you want that. You know, we call that base freight. Yes, sir. And you can, you know, you can run for $5 a mile. We've had people on this show that do that. Yes, sir. I, I know whenever I did it with Landstar, um, it you know I, I had a really one of, one of the best pan runs that I did have, and and I am going to look into that. Yeah, um, I tell you, some of the best you know the best paying work I ever did in my life was stuff like that, and especially where I was in control. Either I was totally in control of the truck and driver, or I was the truck and driver. Mm-hmm. And and I had the time, you know. Sometimes you get a guy that is eager to make money, and other times you get a guy that's eager to go home. But right. when you're the driver, you're in control. Yes, sir. So just yes. go. Do you have load? Uh, do you have load bars, logistics bars? Yes, sir. I sure do. Okay, best investment there is for anybody out there listening. Get those. Get some straps. Um, get a couple of blankets if you need them. Uh, just carry them just in case. And plywood is cheap. You can uh, just put it on the nose of the trailer. And something I found was really helpful. The last group of trailers I bought, there was I bought 50, uh, 53 footers. And what I designed on those trailers because they were uh, they were built for us, I put the e tracking in the nose of the trailer. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And they'd never seen that before. I should have patented that idea, but you know, sometimes you'll have a, a big, ugly skid. You want to put it in the nose, but you don't want it to fall sideways. Exactly. Yes. So you put your straps around it that way and that prevents it from moving forward or or going sideways. Okay. We we look forward to working with you and I'll give you the number to the, uh, Dallas office, you want to take it down? Yes, sir, I'm ready. Okay, get set up with those guys. Um, 888-713-5189. Okay. And it's extension 721. I really I really do appreciate it. Um, no and, problem, and good luck to you. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, work, working with you guys. I really am. Likewise. Yes, sir. You have a good night and be safe out there. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Okay, I'm back with you. I'm back with you, Chuck. I appreciate you guys pinch hitting for me. No problem, Rico. If you unloaded at Walmart, you're winning an award. <laughs> well, I'm not unloaded quite yet. We were we were, we were trying to. Work out the check-in procedure. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what that's what that mumbo jumbo was. We was we was getting some stuff organized and, and corrected, but um, yeah, and it's a good thing I, I I was trying to get in here early because you know they only let you get in here about an hour before your appointment time. So I was trying to get in here right. early to try to get things uh, situated before the show come on the air, and, and wouldn't you know if it just be my luck that. The line is back off to the to the highway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it always works. Right, 
Right. Um, so Chuck, before I get a chance, before I go any further, I want to kind of wrap up this uh, DAT deal real quick. Uh, go ahead, Rico. I, think I wrapped up. I, I stopped off on um, we were talking about dry vans, and I'm gonna give you guys some links from across the country uh, dealing with dry vans, starting out in that northeastern pocket up there. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, being the representative city, they show average spot market rates for dry vans coming out of there at a dollar seventy-five. Moving down into the uh, southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia shows two dollars and three cents on average on the spot market coming out of the southeast. Moving into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois, checking in, showing spot market rates for dry vans at two dollars and thirty-two cents per mile. Dallas, Texas, being the South Central representative city, showing $1.91 per mile on the spot market. And Los Angeles, California, wraps up the spot market for dry vans, showing an average of $2.14 per mile. Uh, moving on over, changing up segments, going to, uh, we're going to go over into the flatbed segment, segment next. Uh, we're going to look at the national demand and capacity for flatbeds over the past week. Uh, flatbed load postings declined 4% while truck postings dipped 4%. That caused the load to truck ratio to increase one half percent to 26.7 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate moved higher compared to the previous week. And we know that that was all due to uh, the Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. Looking back historically compared to July, flatbed load posts declined 5% in August, while truck posts increased 22%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to fall 22% to 28.7 loads per truck. Compared to August of 2016, the flatbed load-to-truck ratio has soared by 170% on the spot market. Uh, taking a look at the national rates, for flat uh, flatbeds on the spot market, the national average rate for flatbeds increased two cents to two dollars and twenty cents per mile on average. That's just two cents lower than the two-year high that was marked earlier in August. Expect expect flatbed rates to rise in the coming weeks as hurricane relief turns to rebuilding efforts in Texas and soon in Florida as well. Uh, because there is another hurricane that is bearing down on the United States, uh, probably looking to make landfall this weekend. Um, flatbed rates increased one cent, uh, one cent per mile in August. This is a historical look back. Flatbed rates increased one cent per mile in August compared to July. The August national average of two dollars and eighteen cents per mile is higher. Is the excuse me? Is the highest monthly average since June of 2015. Compared to August of 2016, last month's average rate rose a whopping 28 cents or 15%. So, taking a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, checking in, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $3.21 per mile. That leads the charge. Uh, moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, uh, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $2.70 per mile. Moving into the Midwest, Rock Island, Illinois checking in, $2.75 per mile on average on the spot market for flatbeds. 
down into the south central portion of the United States. Houston, Texas, checking in $2.72 per mile on average for flatbeds. And wrapping up, coming out of the west coast, Phoenix, Arizona, showing an average of $1.82 per mile on average for uh, flatbeds coming out of the west coast. And moving on over into the segment that is near and dear to my heart, the uh, reefer demand and capacity report for the previous week. We can get it pulled up here. It's trying to give me rate information. We're not ready for rates yet. For the, uh, This is report stems back from August 27th through September 2nd. Nationally, reefer loads postings increased 11% and truck posts declined by 4%, which resulted in 16% increase in the load-to-truck ratio to 11.6 loads per truck. The national average reefer rate moves higher. Uh, let's take a look back historically. In August, reefer load postings increased 20%, while truck posts increased by 8% compared to July. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to rise 11% from 8.8 up to 9.8 loads per truck nationally the second-highest monthly load-to-truck ratio in more than two years compared to August 2016. The load-to-truck ratio has soared up by 78%. Now let's go and take a look at the rates. And the first full week following Hurricane Harvey, the national average reefer rate added $0.03 cents to jump up to $2.10 per mile a fairly modest increase compared to a $0.12 cents jump in the average rate for dry vans. Reefer rates rose sharply out of Dallas and throughout the Midwest as shippers struggled to reconfigure supply chains in the wake of the storm. The national load-to-truck rate, uh, ratio for reefers also moved higher. Uh, historically, taking a look back, the average spot market rate Average for reefers increased 11 cents from July to August, reaching $2.08 per mile. That's the second highest monthly average in two years. The August average was 19 cents higher than the average of August 2016. So that gives you a little bit of historical significance there on how we have progressed a little bit. Um, taking a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Elizabeth, New Jersey being the representative city, showing average spot market rates for reefers at $1.99 per mile. Coming out of Lakeland, Florida, the southeastern representative city, showing average spot market rates for reefers at $1.24 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Green Bay, Wisconsin, leading the charge as normally, showing a whopping of strong $3.57 per mile on average coming out of Green Bay, Wisconsin on the spot market. Wow. Moving down into the south central portion of the United States, we have McAllen, Texas coming out of McAllen. Uh, average spot market rate for reefers at $1.85 per mile. And Fresno, California, wrapping up coming out of the west coast, $2.08 per mile coming out of Fresno for reefers. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's DAT trend lines report. Um, and Chuck, really quickly, with with situations uh, when you you have these situations with these national disasters and stuff like that, when we're dealing with FEMA loads, et cetera, um, 
if you have a relationship with a broker that is moving these loads, um, what would being a carrier and a broker? What would be your advice to some of our listeners? Because I know that this has been a, a, a major topic of discussion on how to get in. How, how does one get in on up and on board with getting um, working with the government? And there's there's a whole lot of red tape that you got to go through. And if, and if you haven't already uh, been established and have those things in place, uh, maybe we'll cover those things that you have to do on a later show to give you kind of give you a, a bulletin point to walk you through of all the things that you need to do if you want to try to work directly with the government. But if you don't already have that stuff in place right now, uh, you can hang it up. You, you, you'll, you'll, you'll never get through the red tape to get in place to, to take advantage of what's going on right now. So if you have a relationship with a broker that does, that does have those things in place, that's going to be your best bet to try to take advantage of those things. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Chuck. Tell us some things that when they're, if they're working with the broker, how can they uh, cultivate that relationship? Okay, a couple things. Number one, when I was at Matt's this year in Louisville, there is there was a brokerage firm there, and I didn't, I'm sorry, I did not get their name because there was nothing we could do. They weren't going to work with another broker, nor would we work with them. We're not going to co-broker loads together. And they couldn't use my fleet uh, because of the fact that it was they were contracted to FEMA and they needed to use U.S. carriers. Um, for any of the small carriers that are listening, whether you have one truck or five trucks, it's a it's not worth the red tape and the paperwork and the usually the weight for money that you have to uh, go through when you're dealing with government agencies. Um, it's just not worth it. And no offense against anybody's government, I've dealt with the Canadian federal government enough times, and until you get established and they know who to pay and you go through all the red tape, you can wait 90 days for your money. That's number one. Number two, my only experience with FEMA was uh, during um, the crisis in New Orleans. And i got to tell you, FEMA was a lot different then, and I'll go on record, it was a nightmare. But I understand things are very well run now. Um, but we had a truck that ended up, uh, it was almost three weeks getting him unloaded with a load of water. And the broker, it went through, if I'm not mistaken, it went from Landstar and somebody else co-brokered the load. And it was a load of water out of Canada. And we were told it was going to Arkansas and I needed to get to Memphis when we got to Arkansas, they told us to go to Mississippi. When we got to Mississippi, uh, then all the fun started. It was just a nightmare. Um, but things are better. But whatever you do when you're dealing with any of these loads, get everything in writing, especially demurrage, because that can happen. And don't take anybody's word for it. Make sure if you're hauling any of these government loads – there's a good chance, especially during a national disaster like we've had in Houston, like we may have in down in Florida or some of the other surrounding states, nobody knows how long your truck, you know, you pick up a load of water, nobody knows how long it's going to take to get unloaded. But somebody needs to pay you for your time because you're running a business. So for that reason, make sure you spell out with that broker in writing how much they are going to pay you every day for, for your services. And there's a good chance when you're delivering uh, goods for a national disaster, your truck is going to get moved around. So you should put in a mileage rate as well for any additional miles you're going to do. 
And then keep in fact that, you know, you may be stuck in some great big parking lot somewhere for two or three or four days getting unloaded. So you've got to consider all of this. And uh, if you do that, you should be all right and, and deal with a reputable broker. And for the most part, if the broker is dealing with FEMA directly, he's going to be reputable because your government checks people out. They're not going to let some fly-by-night guy uh, that is just about broke handle their loads. They need their loads to go to market, or in this case, not market, but they need their loads to go to the disaster site. And there can't be any, you know, any errors or anything. They don't want people holding loads ransom, and that's what happens sometimes when carriers have a broker's load and the broker's not paying. So they'll be checked. So you should be okay, but just make sure you know who you're dealing with and you spell it out. But it's, don't All right. expect a quick unload. With that being said, let's go grab a couple of callers. We've got a few people with their hands raised. Let's go grab Julio. Julio, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Uh-oh. Are you there, Julio? Let's put him back on hold. We'll come back and grab him before we try to get out of here. Let's go and grab Alan. Alan, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? How are you gentlemen doing tonight? We're well. Um, I got a question for you. <laughs> Rico, you, sh- you should be in the Northeast running reefer freight right now because uh, $4 a mile is about what we're running. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 I'll stick with my I, – I, I got a pretty good deal with the, with some of the contract stuff I'm doing down here, so I, I'll stick with this one right now. <laughs> Rico gets a nosebleed if he goes north to Delaware. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking Jersey or New York City or any of that. I'm talking Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Central New York, and a little bit of Maryland sprinkled in there. You know the rates. We're yeah. just getting crazy rates out there. And uh, example out of uh, Rochester, Pennsylvania, which is the Pittsburgh area, back up to Nichols, New York, Binghamton, three thousand dollars last week. Whoa. God bless you. That's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been hearing those things, but the thing about it is, Alan, that, you know, that, that, that like I always caution everybody is, you know, do you, you have to make a decision sometimes. Do you chase the dollar or do you, do you, do you continue to build relationships that you already have in place? And that's kind of the conundrum yeah. that I'm in. I, I got a relationship, I got a relationship that I, that I'm, that I'm definitely trying to uh, cultivate and protect. So, um, you know, that, that, that keeps me a little bit from, from being able to go out there and just chase dollars, but at the same time, uh, it, it, it helps out on, on the consistency uh, part of it because uh, at least I'm, I can kind of have a little bit of consistency year-round with the revenue that I generate. But I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely miss the wild, the wild, wild west days of going out there and just trying to get the most money you can get. And it's not even trying to. This, this is the thing. They're calling us. We're just simply posting trucks and. Like that was through uh, Hub, and uh, that guy's calling. That was Friday. The load delivered Tuesday morning because of the holiday and stuff. Um, and uh, he's called me. What's today? Wednesday. Four times already on different loads that we, you know, 
unfortunately we we weren't able to hook up. But that's wonderful. The the, the, the rates he was offering are are definitely. If I'd have had a truck in the area or I'd have been sitting in the area, it would have it would have been on on board. You know. Well, I think that this speaks to what they talked about on the DAT report about how how much the hurricane has definitely affected uh, supply chains because you never know um, what what may have been thrown off in the uh, areas that were affected that caused the rates to spike that much. I mean, because that's definitely not something of the norm. Uh, but 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 hey. At this point, I'm, I'm 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 sure you're like, hey, I don't care what it is today, as long as it keeps coming for a little while. <laughs> Take it while well, you, you can know, get it, it there, Alan. <laughs> well, the the produce the produce started early. You know, they started harvesting cabbage and and whatnot early in New York. Yep. And uh, we were getting calls about two and a half, almost three weeks earlier to pull to pull uh, produce. And uh, apples started running a little bit earlier too, so that that impacted uh, the availability and the capacity for for trucks in the area. And of course, with Harvey and now with Irma coming on board, they're wanting to raise a little hell. You know, little some hell. of the brokers. Well, I, I went down there and cleaned up after Andrew, so I know what that's going to be like. You know, let it settle down. I'll go down and help as much as I can, but we're not going down there before. It's going to be no, there's no but, uh, Well, it, you know, a perfect example. We had a had a broker call uh, Columbus, Ohio, to uh, let's say it was Baltimore. It was a, offered eight hundred dollars. I mean, just totally out of touch with with anything close to the to the area. And some of them are like that, but the vast majority of people have been calling us, and we're getting called return calls on loads that we pulled. Um, there's not an argument on the, this is a rate. You want the truck? Yep. Okay, that's it. You know. Well, that's there's, fantastic. I think people need to stick to their guns on the rates. There's a, tr- there's a truck shortage, you know. Well, you can't. Don't you know afraid. what, Alan? You can stick to your guns right now on the rates, but come, uh, you know, come in January, uh, they'll, you know, it'll go back to where it always is. Uh, make your money while you can. I think that um, I think in the end, I think that if you took a look at what you do in a year with you know uh, with running all over the place and what somebody else will do uh, on a steady lane, what you know somebody like Rico running the same amount of miles, it all evens out. Believe it or not, in the end. Well, I'm not running. Because, I'm not running. I'm not running all over. Let me, I run. New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and part of Maryland. That, those and do you have the same customers all the time? On outbound and some of my my return stuff, yes. I do have direct okay. customers. But the, okay, and the do you have the same stuff, brokers giving you the same work all the time? I do have consistency being built up. I, I got my authority in January, and the company that I was leased to, we still do quite a bit of work together. Right. And, uh, so it's like if if I, I get stuck in a situation there there to help, if they need help, I step in and help. But uh, everybody, you know, when I got my authority, everybody said, oh, you're doing it at the wrong time. You should wait, you know, wait till June. Then that way you'll you'll get the big rush and everything. 
I haven't had an issue with making over $2.50 a mile the whole year. That's wonderful. You know, just yeah, finding that's, a range. That's absolutely great. Make oh, sure, make sure that you uh, make. Yeah, make sure make sure that you're putting back, Alan. That's the only the only thing that a lot of times when when rates are really good, and uh, one thing that I try to caution a lot of us on is, um, you know, make sure you're putting enough back for a rainy day. Make sure that you put, you know, what I'm saying so that you're not uh overextending yourself. Oh, and don't go out and splurge too much just yet. Yeah, don't go buy uh, a lot of chrome for the truck. I, I got a, I drive a '95 F350 that's got 250,000 miles on it. I don't splurge. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I, I, I like I like no right, pain, Alan, you know. You guys have you got anything else you want to add? Or, okay. No, I think you know what? Uh, I like Alan's business model. He's doing it right. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's one of the things that we talk about here is make sure that you are, you know, that you got a defined area that you're trying to work in. It sounds like Alan is definitely working that defined area. Let's go and try and grab uh, Julio once again. Julio, you're up on board with Rico and Tuck. How can we help? Yes, sir. My name is Leo, L-E-O. Leo, okay. They got they, My screen has got you in there, got you in there backwards. Uh, yes, sir. Uh I, I just bought my truck uh, last month. And Congratulations. The, thank you, sir. And uh, I went to uh, the process to fix it up and uh, and get all the requirements, and I'm still waiting on Lassa to give me an answer. And I, I maybe it's not the topic of the of the show, but um, will you give me a – I like, really like the business models of Lassa that I can choose the lowest uh, – where I want to and take times when I want to. If, if for some reason I, I don't get uh, a call back to, to start orientation, which one would you be, which company would you recommend for me to list that it has closest such this, uh, the business model, model as Landstar? Uh, um, Landstar, the next closest one to Landstar that I know of and that I feel comfortable with recommending you to would be Mercer. Yeah, I'd agree. How do you spell that? Mercer, M-E-R-C-E-R. They're out of Louisville. They're out of Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. They're based out of Louisville, Kentucky. And um, what? Okay, I I think I miss you when somebody talk uh, over you. M-E-R. M E R C E R C C E R M C E R. Okay, got it, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, no problem, Leo. Hopefully that helps you out there. Well, that was a quick and easy one. Let's go on grab yeah, that was Colin easy. before we get out of here. <laughs> Colin, we're up and on board with Rico and Tuck. How can we help? Hey, sir. First of all, what uh, what company are you with, Chuck? I'm with Traffix, T-R-A-F-F-I-X. Oh, oh okay. No, it's not Traffix. Tech out of Canada. Are you with Traffix? No, we're with Traffix. Okay, all right. We're out of Canada uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we run a lot of Canada, so I'll have to get it set up with you. But one of the comments I wanted to make was um, 
I've been running these FEMA loads. Right. And the the drivers need to be really careful. Um, everything that we've been doing is dropping trailers. Uh, last night, there was a four-and-a-half-mile line of trucks to get dropped, uh, drop trailers. And uh, you were looking at six to eight hours with basically no bathroom facilities, no food, no nothing. Um, I know we really cared. People were falling asleep. It was three, four o'clock in the morning. You're falling asleep on your wheel, and maybe somebody will blow their horn to wake you up, like I did a couple guys as I was getting empty and coming back out. Um, the other thing you got to do is first couple days. You know, one one broker or one agent in the brokerage would give you one price. I got uh, $6 a mile, and I booked the exact same load the next day, and the guy's trying to give me $3 a mile. And these guys are so damn greedy, you know, and they're already making a killing. And so you've really got to stick to your guns. You've really got to pay attention. And then they're turning around, and if you don't use MacroPoint, they're taking $500 off the rate con. If you don't do, if you don't do a check call, they're taking $500 off the rate con. I mean, they're just trying to get you every possible way, and I'm calling them up, and I'm like, okay, you never sent me the MacroPoint, and you still want to find me? So that's not right. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of BS that's going on, and um, so I just want to give everybody a heads up. Yes, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, I'm good. You can make a lot of money, but um, you just got to pay attention. Make sure you read the rate confirmations, do what it asks, and uh, do a good job, you know. The plan on dropping trailers will be in there a hell of a long time. Uh, are you running an ELD or are you running paper log? Right now, we've got the exemptions. Um, my company, we uh, we run Big Road. Right. And so I am telling the guys, just log it the way that you're running it. Right. And But, you know, Texas is all under exemption. Alabama, Louisiana, we're all under exemption. So um, we can just get out there and run. I mean, we've been oh, running okay. 900,000 miles a day. Yeah, I like and, the good old uh, days. My God, I miss them. Oh, my God. Do I ever miss them? You know, that was like <laughs> I, three, I used to have three log books, and the log top, who's a good friend of mine from 25 years ago, you know, I'd fill out the logs, and I'd turn in the head dispatcher's logs to her. And he'd, he'd sign them. You know, I'd walk in, I'd give him his logs, and I'd give him my logs, and it was February, and I got driver of the month, January, February, and March. And they're like, how are you running 16,000, 17,000 miles? We were running for a company out of Lewiston, Idaho, pulling up doubles. And I'm yeah. like, you know, all you guys want to go to Los Angeles, and you run over Donna. I said, I go to Mississauga, I go to Saskatchewan, and I said, in the wintertime, the ice sets up, I can hold 60, 70 miles an hour. I adjust the brakes on the doubles where the back trailer is the tightest and the rest are a little bit less coming forward. So if you get in a mess, you grab that Johnson bar and she straightens right. you right out and you haul ass, you know. <laughs> I was running <laughs> twice what they were running. So, Those were the days. Know, I mean, 
those are the good old days, man. And, uh, yeah, it's a little different now. So I, I don't normally drive a truck. I own a trucking company and a freight brokerage. And, right. um, but we're getting into FEMA right now. They call, they just called us. And so I'm one of these guys that I got good people in the office. I got to get my feet on the ground and I want to see what's going on. And the best way for me to know what the hell's going on is to sit in the truck. And well, I really do you say that. I never go out without, I never go out in the truck without learning something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you always learn. It's the only way to learn. That's right. And I did Hurricane Sandy in a truck that um, I didn't even give the guy a penny down. It was an old wore-out truck. I told him I'd pay him $1,000 after the first 30 days. Two months into having the truck, Hurricane Sandy hit. After fuel insurance and everything, I grossed, I mean, I netted $26,000 in a month. Three times what I paid for the truck. Wow. Yeah, in one month. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's very unfortunate, there is money in misery. There's a lot of them. I've got friends on Facebook, think I'm a hero, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a good thing, you know. But you don't have a clue how much money I'm making doing it, you know. <laughs> and that, that's the really depressing part, you know. But they also know I'm a $2 whore and I don't do anything for free. You know. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I got another story. You were talking about the LTL. Well, for a while there, um, I was I was pulling uh, I was pulling a 28 foot flatbed, and then I had a uh, 26 or 28 foot tilt bed. I pulled them as a set of doubles. Wow! And. Uh, Oh, yeah. The only way to go, man, you can back them up, no problem, because yep. you don't have the converter in the middle. Right. And you'll find this, do it. Right now, we're moving a lot of doubles from California up to Washington and Oregon. Right. And so many loads. One, let me climb back in the truck real quick. Hang on a minute. I love it. I love it. Real truck driver. <laughs> yep. So, so many, so many loads want a dedicated car, uh, trailer. Even though it's a partial, it might be 20 feet, they want the whole trailer. I know. So, pulling a set of 28-foot pups, you can give them a whole trailer, and you can charge them extra, and then you turn around, and you give the other trailer to the next person. That's right. So... You can make a killing doing the pulling the 28 foot flatbed and the 28 foot um, tilt bed. I was moving. Uh, it was like four or five years ago, and uh, coming out of Laredo, going up to Seattle, they had these big caterpillar beds, different parts. They're all oversized, and they would only allow you to put one on each trailer, and they were paying five thousand dollars. So I call up the broker, and I'm like, well, I want two. He said, no, only one per trailer. I said, well, I got two trailers. Oh, so I load with these other guys. They're all running flats and steps. We all load up. It's $4,500 or $5,000 a piece. I got $10,000 worth of freight on my truck. We wow. go up to Tacoma to deliver on Monday morning. And they're like, what did they pay you? Another 500 bucks to bring that other one? I'm like, yeah, something like that. 
So, I don't know, man. But there's money to be made, and when everybody, I, oh, I'm saving up to buy a trailer. I'm like, why are you going to buy a trailer? What are you going to get? Oh, I'm going to get a driver. Well, you know what, Carl, in all honesty, it really depends where your domicile is out of, because I have spoken to other guys oh, who yeah, tried totally. to do the power only, and were in their region, it didn't work. And the right. second they went out and they got themselves a trailer, they were making money. So, yeah, you know, you're, you're in a region uh, where it works. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. Most most power onlys and loadouts, you can have them for ten days. Uh, sometimes we'll let you go twelve. So really, there's plenty of time to get through the house if you plan your loads right for three or four days. And unless they're like you said, doing short runs. Short runs don't work with power only and loadout. But if you're willing to get out there and run three or four weeks, you know you can make a killing. And the idea is. You pick up the trailer, you find a load from where the trailer picks up to where it's delivering, and you turn two or three trailers a week. And at oh, yeah. 200 to to $1,000 a trailer, plus the freight inside of them, you're making a killing, plus you got zero maintenance. Right. So, you know, I mean, but it's all, we all do things differently, you know. That's the beauty of this world. Hey, well, Con- Colin, don't be a stranger, my friend. Call back in and give us some more, uh, give us some more tips, some pointers. I definitely yeah, we really enjoy this. All right, Colin, I'm going to grab a couple more. We're running in the overtime. Uh, I want to try to get these guys in because uh, they 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 pushed the button before time ran out. So I'm I'm going to try to get these guys in. Let's go and grab Nick real quick. Nick, you up and on board with Rico and Chuck? How can we help? Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Really good. Um, how are you? I'm doing doing well. Um, I'm just uh, I know it's getting late, and so um, but I'm I'm curious about the the partial thing uh, more. Um, I I do a, a a run for a dedicated shipper that pays um, it pays a round trip rate. Um, I have two trailers. I I drop one there and then. Uh, um, but they're uh, they're covered wagons, flatbeds with uh, side kits, and right. I'm I'm curious about um, you know picking up some of these uh, like a pallet of this or a pallet of that. You know how how willing are are some of these people to work with a, a trailer like that? You know if you bump a dock. You know, if I open the tarp, it really depends what the commodity and, is. You know, you're gonna have a hell of a time convincing some guy with rules of paper. Um, that he should give you that pallet. How far? Sure. How far do you run? I run out of northern Indiana, and I'll go as far as like Fargo. That's about as far uh, west as I go. Um, you know what? Chicago's You'll find my... that there's all sorts of people out there that would be glad to give you farm equipment and, and machinery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I people buy farm tractors. Um, um, I've done some of that. Thing. With... All... Yeah. Just uh, if you can find stuff small enough to fit inside, because otherwise, if I got to tear the kit down, I I I have done that, but it, I've found that it's time not consuming. real. Yeah, it's very time consuming unless unless the load pays. The problem with that is that market um, going west back to east is generally pretty cheap. Um, so that's why I'm curious of the partials. If uh, uh, if well, I'll, can, I'll give you another uh, one. Have you ever thought of hauling cars in there? No, I guess I haven't. I guess a, a smaller car would fit in there. Um, that's true. That probably would be. How a, wide is your the inside of your uh, trailer? It's it's right at eight feet. Um, eight feet. So you can get a 
um, you can get a fair sized car in there. I would imagine you may have to take a board. You can take one board off your kit so you can, uh, or you can. How how high are your boards? Um, they're four feet on the sides, and then it's about six and a half feet in the middle. Um, you know. Okay. So well, there's your answer. So what you're going to do, I'll give you the, the, I'll give you the recipe to the secret sauce. Uh, what you can do is you can haul uh, light trucks and, and cars and things, and you can load them with a tilt-and-load trailer. So now they can get right up to your uh, your deck. Yep, okay. You can sure. do it. Uh, you, could, you, know, farm, you know, those old farm tractors everybody's starting to collect? Yep, yep. Yeah, that those kind of too. stuff, smaller stuff like that. That Yeah, they... And uh, uh, people line point. up to that. And then what you do is uh, you can fasten it, uh, you can hook it in front, and you can just climb over the boards. Right. Yep. Okay. How about as far as, like, uh, I've really never posted my truck on the load boards. I have, you know, I have a truck stop, the subscription or whatever, but. What are you how, waiting for? How how do you, do you. Do you post from one end to the other, or or do you? Yeah, you pick? post um, that you have a truck in Fargo, North Dakota, and you want to go to, um, you know, you want to go to uh, Seymour, Indiana, or wherever you want to go in Indiana. Okay. Goshen, Indiana, or wherever you need to get. Brokers back to. will kind of they kind of figure out if they're in the middle of that, or that's what I'm wondering. Well, what happens I mean. is you post. Um, what happens is a broker that's got a load in, uh, you know, let's say in. Uh, northern Minnesota, or in Minnesota on the way, in Bemidji, Minnesota, and he's got sure. something that will fit in your trailer, he will call you because he's got a load going into a region near yours. He sees the okay. opposite equation of you. Okay. Yeah, I, I So I, I would start really posting it. You're just throwing yeah. money down the toilet. Well, I know I've got a ton of opportunity going back. You know, most of the way empty. Um, so oh, my God, I'll man. You're giving, away, yeah. you're giving away... Hundreds of thousands of dollars. I hope you're real rich. <laughs> well, I just, I like I said, it's something I, I haven't been doing it. I've been doing it for about a year, and I've been trying to work on that lane, but full truckload um, stuff is that would meet the time schedule and things like that is really, um, it's just, there's just what you see on, what find on the boards is just, you know, basically garbage. I don't, you know, I don't know what else to say. Um, I did do real well this summer with pipeline machinery that was moving west to east, but uh, um, and that required taking the the kit down. But they were willing to pay because they had to have it moving, you know. You know, and if so, I were you, I would call some brokers in the um, in the area. You can call my office in Chicago. Even they get partials out of Minnesota. Okay. Even if you loaded in, you know what? Even if you picked up, um, if you picked up some freight in. Uh, Minneapolis, even. Oh sure, yeah. Absolutely. And you took it to Indiana. You're still okay. You don't have yeah. to load right out of where you emptied. No, right, and exactly. And I don't, I don't really need a lot of money to make that very profitable. Don't tell either. that to anybody. I mean, that's, yeah, well, that's your you secret. know what I'm saying. But I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I get yeah it. no, I... exactly, exactly. But you know, I just, uh, I, I'm really curious about it, and I've, it's not like I hadn't ever heard of it before, but I just haven't ever really talked to anybody who kind of knew how to do it you know what i mean it's just you know when i look on the board occasionally i'll see some some you know l or you know they're listed as l on truck stop i guess but um you know 
I just haven't really looked into it. I guess I should should more. A hundred percent. You know, you're you're just wasting a lot of potential revenue. All right. Well, that's that's kind of all I wanted to know. It's a dumb question in a way, but I just I uh, I wanted to talk to somebody who knows how to do it. I guess more than anything. Just so. post your truck and uh, and go go to it. And also, if you uh, if you get a chance, call some brokers in the on um, both ends. You know, as right, I said, you can call right. my Chicago office. They probably have freight out of. Uh, I know sometimes they do have freight out of Minnesota or out of. Uh, yeah, the Minnesota going back towards Indiana and Chicago. Right, Nate. We definitely appreciate the phone call. Check back with it. Check back in with us and let us know how that's working out for you. Got one more in the queue. Didn't get a name, but we're gonna just try and freewheel it here. Caller from the eight hundred three. You're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. Last call of the night. How can we help? Caller from the eight hundred three. Eight hundred three area code. All right. Well, maybe Nick was the last call of the night. Chuck, I want to thank you for being so gracious with your time, uh, coming up oh, and on board and pitch hitting for me tonight, and you know, take it kind of kind of bailing me out a little bit. Well, my pleasure. Well, and uh, before we get out of here, uh, just for while we got a couple people still on the line, we're not being recorded any longer. But um, how can the good people that are still listening? How can they get in contact with you? Okay, if they want me, they can call 800-388-4352. My extension is 203. That's really important, guys. If you're going to call me, you've got to remember my extension because otherwise you're going to go through a myriad of people here. Uh, if you want to talk to my U.S. dispatch offices, uh, you can call my Chicago office. The number there is 888-253-8010. Extension 743, or you can call uh, our Texas office, which we just opened, and the number there is 888-713-5189, extension 721, and those guys can help you with any interstate loads. I can help you with um, cross-border loads, or I can direct you places, and I can also answer any questions you have. Uh, This industry has done so much and given myself and my family so much it just gives me an opportunity to give back to an industry that would accept an outlier like me so give me a call and if you get my voicemail leave a number speak clearly and i promise i'll call you back all right thank you again chuck for taking time out of your busy schedule i want to thank the uh, young ladies back in atlanta for taking time to help us out screening the phone calls I'm not sure which one of my daughters was handling those duties tonight, but uh, thank you, thank you, young ladies, thank you, girls, uh, and want to thank the entire Less Truck team that helps us bring this, make the show possible for us to bring it to you. Uh, Kevin and Lisa Rutherford, want to give them big shout outs, and we'll talk to you guys, God willing, same time, same place next week. Uh, hopefully, we won't have as many kinks in the uh, in the system at, at that time. We can try to run a little bit smoother. And thank you guys for taking time out of your schedule for participating and, and listening in, downloading the show. Tell a friend about the show. We want to try to grow it a little bit more. I appreciate you guys. God bless you. Good night. Be safe. And like we always say, keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise. We'll talk to you next week. Good night, Rico. God bless. Be safe.